0: Ladies and gentlemen of the Billcast, I am here today to say that there is hope in this world, that things you believe can be great can be great. It is currently about 2.30 Eastern Standard Time on December 20th, December 20th a date I've been waiting for for over a year on a massive property that means a lot to me and people around the world. I had extremely high expectations and hopes because of the material and the people involved. And it not only didn't disappoint, but it worked in material that I know extremely well and surprised me and made me laugh and cry constantly and consistently at each corner, each step of the way. December 20th, and no, I am not talking about Star Wars. Star Wars, which I have often said is my first love when it's great, but it is not my exclusive love, and when there's something else that the moment, historically, or in the moment, or whatever, means more to me, I'm, I'm speechless right now, I'm talking of course about The Witcher, The Witcher, which I gave up seeing opening night, preview night of Star Wars, Which is another podcast I'm sure we'll get to. I can already, already could smell disappointment from both the press and the fans. And really, if you guys have been following the podcast while I've continued my Star Wars coverage, it's really been Witcher, 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 Witcher as much as possible over the past 6 to 12 months. It started with my love and addiction of the game, playing through The Witcher 3 numerous times, hundreds of hours, reading through all the audiobooks, getting through all the audiobooks, all eight books, now twice, And with each new casting, and each new screenshot, and each new interview, and everything we were hearing coming out of The Witcher, it just felt right. It felt like it was going to have everything that I liked, or at least wanted in Game of Thrones, and didn't get, or didn't get enough of, and so much more. It may have fewer characters, but the scope is even more epic, and the stakes just as high or higher than Game of Thrones and we get it all in the first eight episodes of season one of the witcher i'm kind of speechless right now um I, again, after a vacation and traveling, was very tired and couldn't bring myself to, after only being home for a day, to see Thursday night previews last night of uh, Star Wars. I'm going tonight with my mom, Rise of Skywalker, I'm going tomorrow with my dad, and we are going to love it because we love all the Star Wars movies, and I love J.J. Abrams, and I don't care what anybody else says, but I was already mentally shifting towards The Witcher as my contributors, you know, even and especially my Star Wars contributors, Simi, Jedi Geek Girl And others know that could or could smell that the witcher was taking priority, even though I was excited about star Wars, but this reminds me why when fantasy is done excellently, it is absolutely transcendent, and no amount of laser beams and spaceships can make up for the drama excitement violence grittiness um, and you know real world themes through a mythical historical lens that you get through great. Fantasy. This is going to be a Bizzlecast quickie. I'm still gathering my thoughts here because, again, I started watching at 3 a.m. last night. It is December 20th. It is not even 3 p.m., so I got through eight episodes. which was basically eight hours with a couple breaks and visiting a friend briefly. Uh, all eight episodes. I knew I was going to binge it. I had to save up for it, and I, 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 I can't say enough about this series. I'm going to give a few general, non-spoiler thoughts, and then I'm hoping my buddy Alistair from Australia we have to postpone our podcast about video games, hoping he will finish soon and we can talk this instead of video games, Um, although I'm sure The Witcher 3 will come up because it's still an amazing video game and informed what was going on here, as I've talked about in past podcasts. But bottom line is, in this quickie, I just really briefly want to congratulate... Every single person on the cast and crew And otherwise involved in this project And of course the brilliant Andrei Sapkowski Who wrote the material Now as I've said in the past so, under some coffee, the first of all, ten out of ten. Watch this immediately. If you like good literature, epic television, any kind of good television, beautiful, scary mo- monsters, love stories, hilarious hijinks. I mean, you, you really get it all in the books, and they gave it to us in the show in eight hours somehow. I don't know how they did it. And they did it exactly how I wanted to, which was leaving me wanting a season two immediately. And now I have to wait over a year, but that's exactly what you want. Now, if you go back to my earliest Witcher podcast, so the first two books of Koski wrote were called The Last Wish and The Sword of Destiny. Which introduced Geralt, the world that he Lived in, introduced the main characters Tandelion, aka Jaskier, as they Refer to him in the show, his his real name uh, His insanely Powerful, crazy, complicated um, But super passionate Love Yennefer, and of course His adoptive daughter Ciri, all are Introduced to varying levels In those two books, and initially I thought they were going to jump right to what I call The Ciri saga, or the Ciri pentology, which Starts with the blood of elves, and ends with the fifth book lady of the lake which is an older siri who's getting trained coming to her powers as you know ray or luke skywalker messiah figure but super complicated and this political and religious situation is super complicated as the men and the women in her life try to train her and do the right thing in general and especially uh, for and by her siri princess sorella the lion cup of Sintra. (laughs) And I initially thought they were just going to tease a sort of the early meetings of Yennefer and Dandelion and then go immediately in season one to Blood of Elves with the training of Siri and Kermoran, which is where the witches are from. Nope. They started and focused almost exclusively with filling in some gaps and some artistic liberties that Andrei Sokovsky seemed totally cool with based on, you know, his involvement um, and not only involvement, but lack of interference and just... a. Uh, innately appreciating where they were going with the material and there's certain things that we know that Yennefer does and we know that Ciri does during the time of those first two books where those three are still finding each other and we see them played out in full and I am so glad they started with it. And they showed that while on the surface, The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny seem like short stories that are loosely connected and then really come together at the end of Sword of Destiny uh, leading into the series saga with a Blood of Elves, which is definitely going to be Season 2 for sure. I will just say that. That's not a spoiler. We kind of knew that that was the case. But they turned it into... A se- <laughs> they interwove those two books also by jumping through time which is something I loved and could totally follow I think it might confuse some watchers uh, it will be a point I bring up either in this or, or later podcast but they jump between uh, the time before Siri was born which is the last wish and then the time Siri is young and on the run um, at, which we see in the very first episode so it's not a spoiler that Sintra, her, her home gets burned to the ground she's forced to flee everyone's murdered and she's trying to find Geralt and Geralt's trying to find Her and the reasons for that, and the results of that, and the outcomes. I'm going to save for some spoilery uh, talk with either with a follow up podcast to this, when I have my thoughts a little bit clearer together, or um, hopefully with Simi and/or Alistair. And whoever else I can get on But they interweave the two And it's important because Yennefer is hundreds of years old as a sorceress We know that Geralt is at least a hundred Maybe more years old as a witcher And so we get to see Yennefer's <laughs> pre-transformation where she's starting to become powerful in magic but it's still you know she's, she's a hunchback as we learn early on you know it's considered ugly hunchback and you know uses magic and all sorts of weird means to make herself look physically beautiful but it's all about realizing her true power and her moral center which is not always in the right place but Geralt starts getting in the right direction. And Yennefer's development over the course of this season and those two books, um, but definitely through the series saga, which we're going to get many, many more seasons of The Witcher, hopefully, is, you know, ultimately the most interesting transformation, I think. And by focusing extra strong on Yennefer with the amazing Anna Chilotra in this first season was so the right call. I will say, when I talked to Alistair about this uh, about three four months ago when he was on and we talked to Witcher and we were starting to get really excited, I said, he, he hadn't read the books yet, he was just getting started, I said, look, it's called The Witcher, and The Witcher, it's referring to as Geralt, uh, Witcher, Geralt of Rivia, um, but in the books, Dandelion, especially Yennefer and Ciri, but also Dandelion and even Tristan Marigold, there are extended sections we get from their point of view and it's important because, you know, Geralt is such a stoic guy, seemingly without emotion, um, who can be super violent, and you're not really sure where his head is all the time, but he does have deep human emotions. He does need friends, even if he claims to hate them like Dandelion. And he does need lovers, even if it's stormy and often in a really bad place, or headed to a bad place, or it seems like a bad place with Yennefer, and sometimes others, but especially Yennefer, his true love. And... I, I, you know they even worked in f- the fairy tale stuff like the last wish with the genie in the bottle with his meeting with Yennefer I thought there was no way they were going to try and tackle I thought they were going to retcon that whole thing into just meeting at court from the trailers but they did it they pulled it all from the books and they basically pulled the best eight chapters um, or I should say they basically put the, be- the best you know 10 to 14 chapters of last wish and sword of destiny and put them together again a jump uh, spending uh, most of the the time um, jumping between before series born and before the prophecy starts, and then you know a sort of accidental uh, uh, catalyzation of the prophecy, as I talked about in previous podcasts. And I'll talk about more in a later one. You know, Siri becoming his destiny is, is is accidental to the point of almost being a joke if it wasn't so violent and horrific the way it starts um, and how menacing it gets as it goes forward. But it's the same with Yennefer, you know, when he meets her, that he should absolutely despise her. She's so awful, obsessed with herself and power, to the point of, you know, just wanting, having a death wish that she's not even aware of. And he sees something in her and falls in love with her. And, you know, that's the story of The Last Wish, about them being bound together. Again, I don't want to go into too much detail there. But the point is, we got... All the Dandelion, a.k.a. Jaskier, I could have hoped for, and it was even way more subtle than the book, where he's just openly annoying and pretentious. Here, it's very tongue-in-cheek, and, you know, (laughs) Geralt... The development of the characters in this... If, the, the main change, which I am totally in support of, in this first season, which is drawn, again, from the first two books, A Last Wish and uh, The Sword of Destiny, which are technically not prequels because they came first, but looking at the *Siri* pentology, starting with Blood of Elves as sort of the main saga, you know, in retrospect, are kind of prequels introducing the characters, but they had to do it this way so we could get more time at the end for it. We could see the, the first misadventure, the end of the world, with the elves and the goat creature with Geralt and Dandelion and, and how Dandelion breaks down his barriers to become his buddy against all odds and Geralt thinks he hates the guy but, you know, the characters are maturing much quicker in in this first season compared to the books. Now, it'll be interesting to see... Considering they followed so closely and so loyally to the book material, even while doing two different timelines, which was exactly the way to do it, because then, as I talked about with my dad in past podcasts having to do with time travel and stuff, they were able to loop the circle together of pre-Siri times, and then, you know, Siri on the run times, and then how does everyone come together? It was extremely organic, extremely loyal, but still with plenty of surprises, I hope the time jumps don't confuse people um, because you know Siri is the granddaughter of one of the main characters Queen Kalinthi Queen Kalinthi, who's extremely complicated queen of Sintra, which again at the very beginning of the show is burned to the ground. We know that from the books as well Nelfgard it's their first major scorched earth attack as they try and you know take over the continent the big bad guys from the south across the mountains um, and boy, does the military political stuff go from beginning to end in this and um, uh, I'm again I can't say enough the- To sum up in one sentence, the way they took The material from the first two books, The Last Wish And The Sword of Destiny, interwove them And worked in supplementary material, stuff we Would learn later, and then even Stuff that's sort of hinted at Or maybe even taken from some of the games Or so forth, and worked that in To expand the universe, but sticking to The main stories, and so loyal to the characters The only major change Is is a Sort of general uh, (laughs) Character-wide How do I say this? Um, uh, acceleration of, of matu- uh, development of maturity, which takes a bit longer to come along in the series saga, and so I'm wondering if they're going to regress the characters a bit, as sometimes you see with these series, or you know, multiple movies or whatever. You know, the characters become super heroic very quickly because of necessity, and then personal things and whatever, blah blah blah, get in the way. There's way more bad guys, and and while Nilfgaard is a massive, powerful army that does have mages of their own, uh, the, the bad guys get way more subtle and way more powerful individual bad guys. That it, it becomes uh, uh, the, the challenges go ever greater to protect Siri and allow her and them to re- to all achieve. Their their. their full destinies and full potentials Um, and so it'll be interesting but I love that they accelerate in the first season because one of the things I talked about in my Game of Thrones uh, comparison podcast which I didn't finish but a lot of you listened to so thank you is that what's great about the Witcher is while they these characters are super complicated and make bad decisions that are amoral and even immoral and super selfish at times because of Ciri and just the necessity of saving the world in the end most of our main characters, and again, we start following some of the bad guys more as the books go along and, and you know, we'll see how that goes I sometimes like that, sometimes don't in my fantasy, I'm following bad guys a lot, um, but in, in these early books, in these early seasons we're mostly with our main good guy characters, and even series grandma, Queen Calinthi, who I mentioned, who's amazing this season, that actress, I'm not gonna go into names here, the, but the woman who played Queen Calinthi, it's, she's so complicated and she's so uh, hostile, irrational but strong and stubborn. She has great vision at times, and totally blinded by selfishness and, and fear at others. Um, but but ultimately, as her city's being sacked in the very beginning of the show, which they revisit later as the as the time loop closes, as I say, it, 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 when all is lost, she it sends Siri out when, when, as the only survivor, and tells her <laughs> directly to find Geralt of Rivia, who she should have been with in the first place, and Clinthe screwed it up. Um, but as she's dying, as her city's being destroyed, she realizes Geralt's the only one that could not only save and protect Ciri, but that can have Ciri, who's a child of the elder blood and the most powerful you know <laughs> human ever. Essentially, you know, she's like a sokotano or something, you know, mixed with Rey Ray and Star Wars. We'll see what happens with Rey Ray tonight, uh, man in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but it, it, it's it's sold just emotionally, pulling enough dialogue from the book. But more importantly with the feeling and the emotion and the sentiment and the sort of logistics and rationality behind everything straight from the books and so they interweave those first two books with a supplementary material you know and then fleshing out rumors and legends like we know the mages you know the battle of sudden you know kicked major ass and many of them died trying to save people but are we going to get to see it? Well, I don't want to reveal too much, but we got a lot of the Battle of Saden, which is mostly hearsay in the books. Um, But we also get you know The direct uh, initial uh, Encounters and adventures and misadventures Of Yennefer and Geralt and Dandelion And so forth and we get The goat creatures we get dragons Yes there are dragons Um, You gotta watch for the dragons Um, And uh, you know like in all the Best Avengers movies we get the teammates together Just in time for them to argue And go their different ways And you just hope that they can all come back together To fight the greater evil and that's what the later Seasons are going to be about but every actor nailed it You know The the only weakness was You know The cast got so big With all the various advisors In the last two episodes Inevitably Especially in season one You're gonna have a couple You know Like wooden Star Wars uh, Side characters Type thing You know with, with some weird lines But it doesn't even matter Because the main political leaders Druids and, and, and wizards Enchantresses Sorceresses And witchers And so forth Are so excellent And so convincing I mean Henry Cavill is so good Geralt. Uh, whether you've read the book or the games or both, I've spent you know hundreds of hours in both the game and the books, uh, and it's not the same Geralt. He is perfectly in the middle of the two Geralts. I never thought about Henry Cavill the whole time. He was Geralt, but the other characters become more complicated. Now, they, they didn't complicate Ciri because in the books, she's mostly on the run trying to find Geralt and not die at this point, and that's mostly what she did here, but they did let her get strong a, a little bit um, towards the end. Um, I'll just say that to tease how fucking strong she's going to start getting in Blood of Elves. Oh my god, because she becomes a, a, trained by witchers and enchantresses and sorceresses. So a female witcher is also becoming enchantress, but has powers beyond space and time. It's completely unprecedented. We'll have to wait for season 2, 3, 4, 5, etc. to fully realize that. But Yennefer is way more fleshed out, way more complicated. But everything she does and everything we learn about her is completely within the lore and or feeling of the character and the book and so forth. I'm sure Sapkowski's thrilled about it, and focusing on Yennefer, as I was trying to get to earlier, you know, part of the, part of what makes the books great is that we as the reader, but also Geralt knows that while he's super strong and powerful, it has a great heart. He is kind of dull, and so he, even though he complains, you know, about Dandelion being around, and even though he has trouble with this extremely stormy relationship with Yennefer, in the end, he surrounds himself with these people because they need each other from a practical standpoint, from a sort of geopolitical saving the world standpoint, from also a personal standpoint, Triss Merigold used perfectly. We get more Triss than we get in the books, but again, everything we see with Triss here in terms of her powers, in terms of her relationship with Yennefer, in terms of her somewhat familiarity with Geralt, it's all from the books and the materials, or if you played The Witcher 2 and 3 and you read all the lore, I mean, everything is from the materials, and they just mixed and matched and put it all together brilliantly. I'm speechless again. I'm not going to cut out the speechlessness um, because I'm still processing it. Again, it's almost exactly 12 hours since this was released. Um, and as you guys know, while I tried to pivot hard to Star Wars around the time of The Last Jedi, the complications in the fandom and mixed reactions of movies and television shows, and me just, you know, always being interested in other sci fi fantasy properties. As soon as I started playing The Witcher games and started reading about the series, I felt like this was going to be something special because it has the blood and the violence and the darkness and the bad guys that Game of Thrones has but it does have good guys you can root for and you know again to quote uh, paraphrase Papa Bizzle the humanism oozes there's so little humanism in, in in Game of Thrones you know in Game of Thrones it's defined mostly by nihilism and survival so here survival is a characteristic but so is the humanism and you know even the episodes where, where dark and bad things happen there are very sweet moments between the characters where e- even if they fight and break up you just know they're going to come back together eventually and find each other and I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you guys that, you know, whatever happens at the end of this first season and I'm not going to say, I'm going to save that, but let's just say uh, the, the main characters will see each other again and again and again in different ways, in different places, at different times w- with different attitudes, and different points, in, in sort of the greater war on this planet, and then... Uh, to tease it I, I, I'm starting to wonder if they're gonna accelerate the Siri saga and try to get to the Witcher 3 because it, you know while the war with Novgard and just the protection of Siri and sort of the ping pong of Siri back and forth between the good guys and bad guys trying to use her for her power um it reaches a new level in The Witcher 3 when the Wild Hunt, you know, which is talked about in the books and the g- earlier games, but not so The Witcher 3, which is called The Wild Hunt, do the really, really evil, you know, Black Rider Sauron-esque elves from another dimension come. Not the elves we see in this first season, but elves from another dimension come and they're trying to conquer multiple worlds or maybe even dimensions and Ciri's the key because she's the one that can go between all of these things and we learn as the series goes on and into the Witcher 3 how extreme that is in terms of the amount of worlds dimensions times and so forth Ciri can go to but we're not there yet you know she's just touching her early potential um, and you know the second season is going to be all about her and Geralt and then the other main characters, you know, trying to help her failing a lot and her having to train herself in some ways um, and make a lot of mistakes in order to become better. But we see her great heart already in this season. We're going to see it more in later seasons. And again, you know, without spoiling, I, I... I mean, Dandelion's Dandelion. He's much more likable immediately in this series than in the book. I love annoying Dandelion in the book because it's hilarious, especially with Peter Kenny doing the audio books. But you needed to make the uh, Dandelion, you know, uh, know that he's kind of being obnoxious at times, tongue in cheek, almost just to annoy Geralt for fun and, and loosen the tension. Um, you didn't want to alienate people on 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 Jaskier, aka Dandelion, in this. And I cannot say enough about that character uh the songs came through big time the first song they released toss a coin to your witcher is still the best and still the one they referenced the most um but all of his songs are great including the ones that he admits are bad and other people think are bad but some of them are transcendent but he makes gerald famous like i've talked about he thinks he's doing gerald a favor um and as i've also talked about the increasing fame of dandelion with and because of the witcher uh, sometimes it can work to the benefit and, but a lot of times works not so much to their benefit they start teasing that in this season just like Geralt and Yennefer being together, while it's a wonderful love story when things are going well, things are really going well. And it's not always to the benefit of other people, but they accelerated the maturity of the characters. Triss Merigold, as I said before, is the one good main sorceress, enchantress character in the books in the games, like almost across the board. She's the one, like, you know, white-robed Gandalf, uh, you know, type character. And they totally did it here without overexposing her and overplaying her. her she's nature-power woman. She's almost like a druid crossed with a sorceress and so she uses nature to fight the bad guys which is awesome but she's also a healer all the enchantresses really get to strut and Geralt still gets to murder he kills monsters and he kills a lot of bad people um, but it's all about his inner journey and inner struggle and what Henry Cavill can do with so few words but amazing The uh, f- uh, physical um, performance facial performance just the way he carried himself and the way the characters responded to him um, and as I'll close this quickie I keep trying to get to in addition to accelerating sort of their maturity level uh, in this first season compared to the books which I think was necessary to really get on board with them as good guys and that this is a show about good guys and not just another Game of Thrones and it is different um, which is a topic I keep trying to get to and I'll get to more in my spoiler longer spoiler analytical comparative podcast coming up and it is very different from Game of Thrones it's not just about blood and swords in both cases and one of the things is there's fewer main characters and we're really, really rooting for them. And, and the more flawed they are, but then we see, you know, it, it, we see really b- bright shining of goodness, even for a short amount of time, short uh, ugh, I can't speak, even for a s- a small uh, um, quantities of time, like with Yennefer, but enough where we see the goodness and we're rooting for her, and then Geralt loves her, and then Yennefer and, and her hate each other, but they both kind of love Geralt, and so they have to learn to live with each other and then Siri comes in and they're all protective of oh man, it's great. You guys have to watch the first season. And the only thing I will say, um, and I'm going to close this up, if you're not familiar with the literature and or video game, especially the books, is be aware that it is jumping between two time periods. You know, Siri, Blonde Siri does look quite a bit like her blonde mother, Pavetta, um, who's a minor but important character in the books and is, is, is represented exactly that way uh, in terms of her screen time slash book time in the show, um, in the scene with with, with Dooney and the Hedgehog. You're going to have to watch for what the Hedgehog. It's craziness so they totally pull it off. But they do a great job with, with uh, uh, um, Queen Calinthi, who starts as a very young queen. And, and by the time Siri, of course is running away and is 10 years old uh, is a much older and dying queen um, and uh, uh, and so uh, and just just be aware of those two things um, <clears throat> be aware that in almost every case you know even though we have a lot of minority actors and even though some of the characters are played kind of more subtly and more but with more complexity than in the books especially some of the bad guys are guys who are going to be future bad guys like Vilgefortz you know, watch out for Vil- Um, You know It's an amazing job casting It doesn't matter About the diversity of skin But diversity of personalities That really flesh out um, The sort of middling You know Neutral Leaning towards good Leaning towards bad characters Or straight up bad characters Because the good guy Main characters are are, You know (laughs) 3, 4, 5, 7, 6 6, 7, 8 12 dimensional In the books already But some of the bad guys Are mustache twirlers Even if they started as good guys are parent good guys and they've already set that up beautifully but be aware that the main relationships between the characters in this series, while it's not word for word, are taken almost completely from the books, either from a literal standpoint, a dialogue standpoint, a feeling standpoint, or just a spiritual standpoint, and usually multiples of those. Nothing felt not witchery. In all my complaints about some of the recent Star Wars Mandalorian, for example, feeling not Star Wars, this is not the case of the Witcher. This feels totally, totally Witcher. But do be aware that while there Tons of amazing action, dialogue, drama, and magic. Amazing magic. Oh my god. I mean, the action's great. You know, I I think the action's already surpassed Game of Thrones, just in terms of execution. Um, but they really focus on the magic. We've never seen magic like this on television. I would argue this—you know and Lord of the Rings, is famously has almost no magic, even with Gandalf. Uh, it's sort of the point, and could be frustrating, but it's sort of the point of Tolkien's magic or lack of magic system. This is way more realistic, appealing, uh, uh, um, and harder than you know Harry Potter, where there's just magic everywhere. It's obviously for a different audience and a much different story. But the magic in this, and Yennefer in particular, and just the role of sorceresses. Good, bad, and otherwise, um, is, is was something I, I was hoping for, um, and got more of than I, than I was expecting, and I loved every bit of it. Um, and so, uh, to close up, as I said to Alistair, I said, if we didn't spend a lot of time. Um, with uh, Geralt with Dandelion, but also Siri on her own, interacting with other people, but also Yennefer on her own, interacting with other people, separate from Geralt. If we didn't get that even this early, it would not be true to the spirit of the book. And yet they managed to jump between those three main characters, plus Dandelion or Jaskier, I should call him as his real name, as they're calling him in the show, which is fine. Um, uh, Jaskier slash Dandelion, but that's mostly through Geralt, Siri and Yennefer's arcs. They always feel connected but i have to give the disclaimer that you know i played 300 hours two playthroughs of the witcher and all eight books uh twice all within the last 12 months essentially so you know i'm giving this a 10 out of 10 a plus for a first season of television i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 a plus in terms of conversion of the first two books of the witcher leading into the main part of the saga setting up season two The the flaws that are there Are so small I'm sure Simi and or Alistair Will bring up Some of those flaws But you know Any minor things With you know A casting thing here Or or a line there It it immediately Goes back to awesomeness So quickly That I I I hardly even think about it Um, I'm just so in on it I was laughing I was crying You know I was screaming For the good guys Literally My earphones on Watching my TV You know And and the enchantresses I'm like Come on Triss Come on Triss Come on yet. Do it, girl, do it! You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm so into it. It's like watching a sporting event, even though I know it's gonna happen. And that's the point. It's, it's like Rogue One. It's like, I knew what's gonna happen in Rogue One, but it still surprised me at every turn and had me in tears and continues to have me in tears. And this is a show I'm definitely gonna rewatch. And, and I'm gonna have to rewatch because the new one's not coming out till early 2021. Thank God they're shooting it already, season two um but you know but again the disclaimer that i'm very familiar with the material so i am i I can't recommend this highly enough um you know if you're at all interested in great epic dramas historical fantastical whatever obviously if you like game of thrones you've got to check it out but if you like fantasy like uh, uh, you know the witcher is between lord of the rings and game of thrones it's not as you know straight up hero a bad guy good evil white black you know etc as game of thrones as uh lord of the rings but it's not nearly as packed with horrible 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 bad guys that we spend most of our time with everywhere we go it does have heroes and heroines that we root for they just have a lot more development to go through in the world politically is way more in the game of thrones side of things than lord of the rings where you're just fighting you know hordes and hordes of orcs or you can just murder because they're pure evil and they're under control of sauron now if guardians are evil But they're still people And war is war And they show the Ugliest of uh, Ugliestness of war Now they've only been Starting to hint at the You know The murder By humans Of magic users Elves and dwarves uh, But that is also Following the books And we're gonna see More genocide And ethnic cleansing Of non-humans And of magic users As, as this goes along uh, And those political themes Are gonna become More and more relevant but I'm glad they didn't Force it They took their time Even though they depict so much Into eight episodes eight hours, with The Sword of Destiny, um, it's the second book and the, the Last Wish as the first, they hit on almost every cylinder, and I can't predict if there's going to be an A plus 10, a 10 for you if you're not familiar with the material, but as someone who's familiar with it, um, but also had super high hopes, and you know has been disappointed before in such things, I, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more, and I, after a full year of really not liking anything on television, whether new or trying to revisit something old... And in the movie theater, I saw The Aeronauts with Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmay which was spectacular, and you guys should all say it's a 90 minute movie. Amazon Prime, I saw it in the theater, but it's on Prime already because it was by Amazon. um, Of these, you know, two youngins in the 1860s trying to fly a hot air balloon as high as possible for science, Um, and because they're kind of crazy, and it's just about their flight in the air um, based on a true story. Amelia Wren, spectacular. Uh, But also The Expanse A show I've always really wanted to to love Got off the bandwagon somewhere around Late season 2, early 3 But I knew Amazon had picked up The Expanse I was like alright, usually when Amazon or Netflix Picks up one of these shows that's sort of on the border of being Really good, it ends up being really good This happened with Longmire on Netflix We've seen it in other shows before And boy did The Expanse season (laughs) 4 Satisfy Uh, And and now I'm going back to The Expanse season 3 And being like man, this is actually A really good season, I don't know what's wrong with me but season 4 is definitely the high point it's great from beginning to end again, you, you get a bigger budget but you also get Amazon's brains I'm talking about the Expanse here, you get their brains and their budget and their casting and you add all these side characters that are all spectacularly cast that do amazingly and the main four, five, six characters who maybe had too much on their plate, you know now you get more of a Battlestar Galactica feel where it doesn't always have to be about the main 3, 4, 5 characters, you have all these great side characters and the Witcher is lucky in that, you know, unlike the somewhat f- flat, at least at first, you know, four main characters or so in The Expanse, who I do love, you know, the the, the crew of the Rosinante or whatever, if you're familiar with that show, you know, Geralt, Ciri, Dandelion, and, and Yet you know, are immediately so interesting. And then you throw in Tris, and then you throw in the other good entrances and the bad entrances and the good political sides who turn out to be corrupt and doing bad things and the bad political sides, but they turn out to be divided and not have everything under control. Um, and you, you already have an ensemble cast and they really uh, of the, you know, uh, not the people who had one line in the final episode because you have a thousand people in the council, but people who were in multiple episodes, good guy, bad guy, or otherwise, nailed the casting, performance, writing across the board. It looks beautiful. The violence, as, as I, uh, you know, prepared you guys for, is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and while bloody, um, there's only a couple scenes where they really dwell on it. Um, I will say. It, it If if you are opposed to very scary things, Geralt does kill some monsters uh, at times. The only really, really, really scary one, which I I knew and we who follow this stuff knew was coming was the Striga, which is an undead bride, basically. Um, And that's in episode three, which is also the episode where Yennefer has a very painful and ugly looking transformation um, into her beautiful self from her quote unquote ugly self. Which it informs, you know, her character, her, um, her, uh, you know, her insane level of vanity and thirst for power. Um, but it's unclear whether her thirst for power is just to maintain her vanity or vice versa, or both. Um, but after that, after that third episode, I thought maybe um, it, this is going in a darker, more Game of Thrones direction than I was expecting, and I was going to be open to it. But actually, it gets more humorous, more relatable, and we. Start to have the characters really interact with the, with each other, um, and you know, despite that it remains tense and there's violence, we, we start to get all sorts of adventures. And again, Papa Bizzle, the oozing humanism, the humanism that oozes out of the pores. You know, it may not be as direct as the Aeronauts or the Martian, which is what I mostly connected the Aeronauts to. It's it's not a straight up feel good story, but man, do the main characters when their heads are straight and, and their backs are against the wall, and they, and they have to come to terms that they do love people and you know they, they have to st- put aside their front of nihilism or apathy or whatever and then they do care and love the uh, care about and love these people um, it's it's really a beautiful thing to behold and i really didn't even talk that much about how uh, again the magic's amazing but the effects and the filming the sets the locations everything was absolutely spectacular so go see the show i can't believe i went 40 minutes on this um, but there will be more coming soon spoiler territory i'm hoping with Simi, uh, we'll see with Alex from Australia. That's always hard to set up. I'm certainly going to be talking about it and honestly guys, I don't know how much I'm going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker because the Star Wars people I know are not very happy about it uh, and it's getting pretty ripped in the press. Even though at the moment it has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes from fans. Hard to know with Rotten Tomatoes what that means. I'm going to like it and enjoy it. I'm seeing it two nights in a row. I don't know if this is going to be a Force Awakens Rogue One Avengers situation where I see it seven times, uh, but I am seeing it two nights in a row, first with my mom, uh, then with my dad, um, so we'll see how that goes, but honestly, I, 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 and I've been saying this for months, I was already prepared for The Mandalorian, which I don't really like, but especially Rise of Skywalker, um, which I do expect to en- at least enjoy, be entertained by, because um, I love Abram's style, and I love the characters, you know, for the most part, what they've set up, and so forth, but this always was going to be dessert to The Witcher, and, you know, as usual, when you have been shows that you love, you wish you hadn't been to them but i'm already thinking about my rewatch for this this is one i could see um like jessica jones season one for example or or vikings first couple seasons i could see rewatching this at least twice three total times and then like another one leading up to season uh season 4. There's only 8 episodes and while they're an hour, they fly by so much faster than episodes that are as long or even shorter in Game of Thrones that just drag and drag and drag. This one moves you know, yes there's nudity, yes there's violence. I wouldn't consider any of it excessive. That's going to be your definition. After Game of Thrones the violence and nudity will not seem excessive I don't think. Uh, but, um, and I would really recommend, as I keep saying with these movies and properties, stay away from the super fans who inevitably will complain and stay away from the mainstream media who don't usually get this stuff and just experience it for yourself so I hope you experience The Witcher on Netflix it is absolutely spectacular it gets you know the Bizzle like Rogue One level A plus 10 out of 10 a seal of approval I'm trying to think what else gets the Rogue One A plus 10 out of 10 seal of approval I mean the final Avengers movies and Black Panther were pretty good um, I don't know if that's 10 out of 10 A plus uh, material I guess Creed The Martian, and I'll have to think about that for the next one. Creed of the Martian, definitely an A plus, ten out of ten. Back in 2015 when I started, but this is definitely there. Um, Again, as I'm totally biased by loving these books, specifically the two that inform this season and the six more that are five or six more that are to come in future seasons. I'm totally biased, but to me, this was as good as a first season as you could possibly do. A a period for a television show, Um, and especially for translation. Of, of, of works of Genre of fantasy which again uh, As I keep saying I, While I'm st- only a year And a half uh, you know a- acquainted With Andrzej Sapkowski's The Witcher Universe To me it's J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter Tolkien uh, w- with Lord of the Rings uh, Terry Pratchett um, Comedic but again super humanistic um, and, and Surprisingly deep Discworld series And then Sapkowski As, as the big four in the Mount Rushmore I have some others that I like like and I do like some, you know, Robert Jordan We're going to get Wheel of Time on Amazon um, But to me In terms of relevance for today uh, Re-listenability Or readability, whether you read or listen to the Audiobook, um, you know The the, the re-listenability um, or Re-readability and now re-watchability Of the show is just through the roof And while I do love The Lord of the Rings movies, it took a few Watchings of each one And then all of them together and watching the commentaries And really spending time with them before I really started started liking them, Uh, but to me this hits home with the material way better, Um, and uh, you know, it's more loyal than Lord of the Rings is And I don't think I like it more because it's more loyal to the the Witcher material than the Lord of the Rings movies were to the Lord of the Rings material, I just think the Witcher, as you grow up, and you grow older, and you read something like the Witcher you know, it's just so much more subtle and mature, um, but also reflective of, of, of society today, and not just talking about past myths, or World War one you know things that Tolkien was drawing from that are still important and still relevant Um, but the Witcher is perfect for this time and place and we've only begun to scratch the surface of the social and political and religious themes so okay I'm going to leave it there I've been posting a ton over the last 12 hours Uh, I'm seeing Star Wars tonight and then I'm gonna have to collapse get some sleep and watch Star Wars tomorrow night and then I'll take a break for a few days and start podcasting again so thank you for sticking with me if you're still with me this long I can't recommend the Witcher season one highly enough watch the that show send me your thoughts and Feelings if you don't like it that's cool Let me know why um, But I, I thought it was absolutely spectacular And as again as a mega Fan as a super fan um, Who's going to be a lifelong fan um, Even if in the Scope of geological time or even Bizzle time it's somewhat new to me But I've devoured it so much and, and so Often and so repeatedly I couldn't have asked for anything better And so I have to give this 10 out of 10 A plus Rogue One stamp uh, Of approval. Uh, Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. Hope you have a wonderful holidays. Um, Whether you're watching Star Wars or whatever, you know, find some good stuff to see with the family. But you know, but also, uh, you know, uh, it's not everything's on screen. And you know, my big thing is, I just refuse to engage. I refuse, but I just don't have the patience, energy, or interest in engaging with TV shows uh, or movies that I'm not super interested in. And while some may disappoint me, and some may not live up to expectations some will hit it out of the ballpark like season one of, of, of The Witcher and I have so much confidence in the showrunner and the directors and the actors and what they're doing in this first season it's just going to get better um, and the real question at this point is can it get the following that's beyond the cult following but leading towards Game of Thrones level following going forward but as long as they keep drawing from the books and the material so strongly like they've been doing they'll have no problems because the books all All eight of them, pretty much from beginning to end, are excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, I just can't speak highly enough about the production. So enjoy your holidays. Hope you enjoyed this. More podcasts coming as soon as possible. May the force be with you uh, as strongly as always. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.